We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Sunday, March third, two thousand twenty-four. My friends, spring has sprung, or at least it feels that way to me. Where I am at, I cannot speak for places more northern than I am, which. I will have somebody give me the weather report from the beautiful state of Michigan here in just a few minutes. I'm your host tonight, filling in for Jimmy Christensen. I'm Jacob Westendorf. It was 65 degrees outside, and I did not put my Harley's battery on a charger, so I could not ride it today, but that is on the dock for tomorrow. Joined uh, by my favorite person who lives in the state of Michigan, and that is a lofty point for me to make. I was going to say... Dan Kotnick joining the show tonight in place of the ever irresponsible Jimmy Christensen, who is not here tonight, uh, decided to partake in some bachelor festivities, I guess. Uh, There's a bachelor party that I am understanding that he was at, and he said, and I quote, my wife would kill me if I did a show tonight. He decided that was not worth the risk. So here the two of us are taking a similar risk, potentially. Uh, but Dan Kotnick here tonight with me. Dan, was it above the 60-degree number today in Detroit? I <clears throat> I don't know if we ever cracked 60 today, but it was one of those days where it was warm enough in the sun to like feel warm enough to not wear a coat, but then when you immediately cross into any sort of shadow, it, it's freezing. So we ended up going to the zoo this morning. And it wow. was the perfect it was the perfect zoo day. Nobody there. All the animals were inside where I didn't need a coat. It's the perfect day to go to the zoo. I might have to try that now that you say that, because, yeah, I went to the zoo this past August and that was miserable <laughs> because <laughs> everybody was there, first yeah. of all. And it was about 900 degrees and it didn't matter if it was inside or out. No, I, I am a huge advocate for early early March, late February zoo trips. 
Got it. Okay, that is a cheat code that has now been unlocked, and I will be trying that here in the new future. Speaking of things that have been tried, they're trying to trick us in that Aaron Jones may not be a Green Bay Packer in 2024. Uh, reporting for, And I'm not questioning the reporting from Tom Silverstein. I would never do that. But he, he reported and then he clarified, but essentially the report said that the Packers are trying to get an adjustment to Aaron Jones's contract. And it was mentioned that if they can't come to an agreement, they could release him and then try and see like if he gets that same money on the open market. Now that is typically how these types of exercises work. Andrew Brandt used to always say, if you ask someone Mm -hmm. for a pay cut and they say, no, you have to be prepared to cut him. Now, Aaron Jones's contract has like four void years or something like that on it. So I thought he was on an expiring deal. I was wrong. Um, so they could potentially just do a restructure and push some money or something if they want to. My guess, and I am just guessing, is that the Packers are looking at some type of contract extension, potentially with a pay slash in it, to where it's essentially this deal keeps Aaron Jones in Green Bay this year and next year, most likely, with some money being pushed out into years that he's probably not going to be in Green Bay for. But, Dan, (laughs) Brian Gutekunst said, in his postseason, so not the most recent one, but the one after the season was over, his presser for the postseason, that he called Aaron Jones the heartbeat of the team. I I can't picture a world that exists where he says that in January and then cuts him in March. And then not only that, we've seen the video of Jaden Reed hugging Aaron Jones, saying you're like, you're a guy to play for, you're a guy I want to block for. You hear the way Jordan Love has talked about him. Uh, the way that he spoke of him in the press or not the press conference, but the podcast with Micah Parsons, nobody has a bad thing to say about this guy. And it's not even just that they don't have bad things to say about him. They have like all good things to say about him. They are overflowing with compliments for this guy. There's no chance he's getting cut, right? No, (laughs) it would, it would be, it would be extremely shocking because even if, even if let's say Brian Gutekunst, his ultimate goal is to keep Aaron Jones on the roster next year at a cheaper, a cheaper uh, cap hit than he is right now, and let's say at the combine meetings to this this past week, he's kind of gotten a gauge of where he thinks the market is. Right? You know, like okay, okay, that's. To even kind of roll the dice on that is a huge kind of statement to make from this front office in terms of like where this culture is. Because I I think there was a really noticeable shift in how this team sort of treated each other, uh, reacted to adversity treat you know responded to the media like it just felt different and it felt like there <laughs> now was why a, is that dan you know, why I is that i can't quite place my finger on it um no i mean you know it's not it's not just him it's not just aaron Rodgers leaving but like it's just it's a new culture it's the jordan love era like this is the it's a it's going to inevitably be a, a new kind of feeling there you know and like all, all the stuff that you said is that Aaron Jones was, I think if I'm my memory, yeah, he, outside of 
David Bakhtiari, he's the most tenured veteran on this team, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be so surprising for me for him to say, we're rebuilding. We've captured kind of lightning in a bottle, especially on this offense, but these young guys that have all seemed to be serviceable players. We want to build this offense around them and build not just the offense, but the the culture and what this team is going to be. We're bringing in the new, new defensive coordinator to get that ship in shape to let Aaron Jones go at this moment would be such a boneheaded move and and just I, I I just I don't see how you could do it and expect to kind of survive it I guess I mean I'm not saying you get fired for it or, or it puts but if things don't pan out or if or if there is if this next year isn't as doesn't have the same kind of fun sort of ending as this past year did every time something goes on it's going to be pointing to Aaron Jones Aaron Jones Aaron Jones Aaron Jones you cannot afford that you you have to pay him i think you know it, it doesn't have to be this but you have to get him, you have to get him on the team you have to keep him on the team this year. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree more. I, I think that, you know, obviously I've said we live in an age where running backs don't matter is one of the most common phrases tossed about on Twitter.com. And mm-hmm. I, number one, I, I reject that analysis in general. But with this one specifically, you know, there's more to – this is where we're talking about there's more to players than cap numbers and – and positions that they play and everything like that. Like I said, when, when the general manager calls you the heartbeat of the team, yeah, you're at, okay. So you're going to then rip the heart out of the team later. And the other thing, like we talked about this the last time we were together, Dan, they were nine and eight last year. I don't want to lose sight of the fact that yes, I think the Packers are bona fide preseason Super Bowl contenders. I do believe that. However, three years ago, they don't make the playoffs with that record because the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs did not exist or four years ago, whatever it is. There is a world that exists where it's like, what if they are the team that lost to the more of the team that lost to the giants and Tampa Bay in 2024? What if they're more that team than the one that beat San Francisco or beat Dallas and could have mm-hmm. beaten San Francisco? That's certainly possible. I don't think that's the case, but what I'm getting at is you want to keep as many duh, good players on the team as possible. And the other point is, you know, Silverstein's article said the Packers were unlikely to re-sign A.J. Dillon. I think most of the Packer fan base is probably okay with that. A.J. seems like a really good guy, just not good enough. I think Uh, okay with it from a football perspective, not so much the personality. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a really good way to put that. I think he – I think he – I think his his fan base – not, not, you know – his his fame comes more from I think this personality than so much his production. Yeah, and that's especially been true the last two seasons. And without him, I, the Packers don't have a running back on their roster that's above replacement level other than mm-hmm. Aaron Jones. So you're going to tell me that you're going to go into the draft in theory with Emmanuel Wilson and Patrick Taylor as your top two running backs, or relying on a rookie to yeah. start games like. Yes, I understand you could find running backs relatively easily, but in a in a year where you are looking to win the Super Bowl right now, that is the situation the Packers are in. They are looking to win the Super Bowl right now. This is not, you know, we were talking at the if we were doing the show this time last year, we're saying like the window, if you will, is 2025 and beyond. 
that went out the window, no pun intended, when they won a playoff game and could have beaten the team that ended up was an overtime away from going to the or winning the Super Bowl. Like that is where things are at with that. Keeping Aaron Jones, to me, it's a no-brainer. Uh, you know, the other – I know you'd rather be a year early than a year late. Uh, I know I've been kind of vocal about the fact that I would not have given him the first contract that they gave him four years ago now. I was mm-hmm. wrong. Katie Sunderman, I was wrong when I said that. But he's their best player still. Name your guy on offense. Uh, Dontavion Wicks, Jaden Reed, Chris, you know, whoever. Their best player is still Aaron Jones. I think they should keep their best player and work through that transition period with drafting uh, a running back or two. One of them compliments him this year and then eventually is his replacement. But again, he's just so much more to this team. And to a man, they've said that. I'm not speculating. I'm not giving you vibes. I'm not doing the Chicago Bears fan fiction on Justin Fields stuff. (laughs) It's things that we've heard them say and stuff that's played out on the field. Aaron Jones is still their best player. And Again, heartbeat of the team. Can't live without a heart from what I've gathered. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think your line right there about he's the heartbeat of the team and you're telling me they're going to rip the heart out. Like, if you if you were trying to uh, run a political campaign against Brian Gutekunst after, <laughs> after releasing Aaron Jones or letting Aaron Jones walk, that's the, <laughs> that's the tagline on it. You can't, you can't run this team without Aaron. I mean, I was, I was like literally just thinking about it. He's he's the best running back that's put on a Packer uniform since Amon Green. And, and there's an argument to be made a, that he's better. And exactly, there's a there's a there's a pretty decent argument that he is um, at least a more impactful running back in terms of what he can do in the passing game and everything else. Yeah, I mean you you sometimes there's there are people that are exceptions to the rule of that you know the release a guy a year early than a year late. Aaron Jones is the exception to that rule. Yeah. And we've seen like in the past, Charles Woodson, I think was an exception to that rule. Yeah. Um, Aaron yeah. Rodgers talked about it like once upon a time of a guy they could have kept and he would have been better than Jerron McMillan and MD Jennings. And with all due respect to Emmanuel <laughs> Wilson and Patrick Taylor, like cutting Aaron Jones, not resigning AJ Dillon and handing the reins to those two guys before the draft, it would have a similar vibe to it. So I know that report's a day old, but I just wanted to address it because we didn't have a chance to do that. Um, and I think most people are pretty in the camp of keep Aaron Jones. If they can honestly, like, I don't even care if they can reduce this cap number or not. Like, yeah, honestly, who cares? You know, I mean, I get it. They probably want to do it's that. One, it's one more there. year. It's one more year. Right. You know? So keep him close by. The only thing that maybe could be an exception to that as we segue into this next thing is the other part of that Silverstein report. Well, there were several things in there, but was he mentioned that, by reducing and creating cap space by, you know, doing this and cutting Bakhtiari and cutting Dre Campbell and some of that stuff is that they could sign quote, a couple of big priced free agents and do a Jordan love contract extension. So keep in mind, a Jordan love contract extension is not going to be cheap. There is not going to be, it may get spun eventually as a quote unquote team friendly deal. It's not going to be, that's just not how this works. And Jordan love for as much crap as he's gone through for the four years that he's been in green Bay. I hope he gets every single penny that he gets. And Mm -hmm. some of that crap comes from morons like me. So Jordan, get your money, man. I appreciate you. Uh, But one thing, Dan, I wanted to go through is we get free agency starts. I saw a uh, preview for the free agency frenzy show on NFL network is a week from Monday, March 11th is when that is. So free agency starts shortly thereafter. (laughs) I know. So if I could tell you that you could pick one guy, two guys, however it is you want to do it, you know, just tell me some of the guys that are on your mind for 
bring him in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anytime I'm thinking about free agents with this team right now, I want guys that are going to be super impactful for this next year, two years, and then be able to quickly step aside and make way for homegrown players to, to take their, to take their spot. And I think it's, I mean, it's glaringly obvious that safety is like screaming out to be that spot. Um, and I mean, I know, I know that everyone is saying it sounds like he's going to be tagged. But gosh, if you could just bring Antoine Winfield Jr., it would just solve every single gosh dang problem in my life. I feel like, like I, you know, my mortgage will be paid, my car is paid off, my my daycare is free. You know, oh, if, if, if Antoine if Antoine Winfield Jr. <laughs> becomes a Packer, then <laughs> I'm in. But it just it. It feel it more. I mean, I think really the one that I'm like I've kind of got my heart set on to be a realistic one is Xavier McKinney from the Giants. I just feel like he's kind of in that sweet spot of impact veteran player that is within reach financially and can make sense in what they're in what they're kind of doing. I know that's kind of a one that gets thrown out there everywhere, but that's the one that every time I think of free, I don't, I can't think of another position that I want to see. Like I, if I have to take spots, you know, snaps away from somebody else, I can't find anybody really else on this team that I'm saying, yeah, like I'm ready to pay big money to take snaps away from that guy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and that part is where it gets a little bit interesting. And I do think that defense is the side of the ball where where that's going to happen. Um, I am, if I were making a prediction, and I'm not very good at those, but if I were, I would bet you uh, linebacker and safety are the two spots. I mm-hmm. don't think I don't think Devondre Campbell is going to be back. I know Gutekunst said they'd love to have him back. I think that means like, hey, if you're willing to basically cut your contract in half or something like that, then maybe we'll look into that. But right. They're, I mean, I know they're only going to play so many snaps of base defense next year, but they don't have any linebackers on the roster if they cut Campbell other than Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie. McDuffie's been banged up anytime he's played extended snaps, and Quay Walker has had some nice moments, but also kind of inconsistent from down to down. So adding somebody there, uh, I do think that the Packers have done a lot to try and maximize their linebacker play. That's why they brought in Anthony Campanelli, and that's why they brought in uh, the uh, assistant that they just hired from Boston College, whose name escapes me at the moment, but he was there under Halfley. I think they're trying to maximize linebackers specifically and 
Quay Walker. I think that's one of the, like, uh, they asked him about, they asked Halfley about that in his press conference. And he basically said, you know, Quay's a talented player. We're going to get him in the best spots. He said some coach speak stuff, but I thought it was notable at least that it was mentioned and asked and Halfley answered the question. But Xavier McKinney is a good one. Um, you know, I, I think if you're looking to say Jordan Whitehead from the Jets is another one. If they're going to run a similar system to what Robert Sala is running uh, with mm-hmm. the Jets, that just so happens to be where Whitehead played last season. Uh, there's quite a few. I think the safety free agent crop, I would be very surprised if Green Bay doesn't come away with one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't know if that means stop of the market. You know, I know you mentioned Antoine Winfield. The, the debate this week on Packers Twitter was whether or not they should trade a premium draft pick and a contract for T Higgins. And to me, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I know the Bengals are probably not keeping Higgins. I don't know if the Bucks are looking at, you know, pick number 41 for Antoine right. Winfield, but those are the kinds of conversations to me that I think are more worth having. I think we've gotten so fixated on getting a receiver over the last three or four years that we just don't know how to have conversations about a Packers offseason <laughs> without talking about going to get the big fish at that right. position. And I'm down if they want to bring in a guy like, you know, if Devontae Adams said he was done in Vegas and wanted to come back to Green Bay, sure, I'll do that. He's proven and already been paid, blah, blah, blah. I don't have to do all the stuff that I would have to do in theory for T. Higgins. One free agent I'm going to throw in, I don't – I don't think this is going to happen, and I don't necessarily even think it's the best use of resources. But all of us were general managers on Madden football at one point in our lives, and we all did stuff that was irresponsible at one point or another. And something that I have said, and I'm only doing this because Jay Glazer linked them to this team or this player last year. They were reportedly in trade discussions for Jonathan Taylor a year ago. That was when they had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but it's Saquon Barkley. And the reasoning behind that is Barkley and Jones are both players, I think, that need kind of limited usage. So maybe those two kind of maximize each other by doing things that way. Plus, Saquon is a bona fide receiver that happens to play in the backfield as well. The amount of things that Green Bay could do with Barkley and Jones on the team at the same time. Now, the problem, of course, with that being – you're going to pay Saquon. Saquon made about 12 to $13 million last season, and you're not probably paying running. You know, if Aaron Jones, let's just say he takes a small pay cut to $8 million, $21 million to your running back position, probably not the best use of resources. But in terms of fun, I mean, those two guys together, you guys, I mean, we loved it when they had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams together. And with all due respect to Jamal Williams, Saquon Barkley is much more explosive than Jamal Williams was. I just think that could be a situation where that could be a lot. Not even advocating for that. I just think it would be something that is a lot of fun on on that side of the ball if we're not going to do the the defense thing. But like I said, if they're shopping for if they're shopping for free agents, I think linebacker and safety are spots. Maybe cornerback. I know Matt Schneidman today said keep an eye on CJ Anderson out of Carolina, which was interesting. Uh, Just something worth monitoring. I mean, Matt didn't just tweet that out of nowhere, so I'm sure there's some smoke behind that. We'll see what happens here in, in a week or so. Let's get to the combine before we wrap here. I just want to get to it. Like, this is the weekend where the Kentley Platt math bomb scorecards are coming mm-hmm. out in Moss, and everybody's telling me who will and absolutely won't be a Packer and, and all of these things. And there's some merit to that. Obviously, if the testing didn't matter, we wouldn't even pay attention to it at all, Dan. But who was somebody that Maybe caught your eye this weekend as somebody who made himself some money or somebody that you were like, oh, that's probably not good. 
Yeah, I've got I've got two that are like bona fide I on on both sides that I'm like from everything that I see and I am not a combine expert by any means. So I'm going off of like what I the vibe and the stuff that I see and maybe this is because I have a soft spot for the city of Toledo. I am a Bowling Green Falcon, so I hate the University of Toledo and hate seeing them do well. But uh, Quinian Mitchell has been an absolute draft crush of mine ever since the end of the basically since like we hit zeros on the 49ers game. I'm like, man, Quinian Mitchell would be a hell of a lot of fun to see on this on this defense. And unfortunately in this combine he basically worked himself out of range for the Packers because he balled out he was like he measured up exactly like kind of where everybody thought he was going to end up you know uh, size and everything wise and then just like crushed all of the other, all the other drills I think he had the second highest 40 time outside of cornerbacks and so that right there just kind of solidifies. He's going to probably be like, he's got to be at least a top 20 pick at this point. Like I, I, I could argue like everything, like whenever I run a mock draft, it always seems like he's going top 15 at this point. Now I, I'm just, I, I love him. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in the NFL. I would give anything to see him, to see a cornerback room run by Jeff Halfley with Jay Alexander Carrington Valentine and Quinian Mitchell. That is that is a that is Cerberus, a three-headed dog from hell. Like <laughs> you talk about having the dog in you, it's Cerberus, the original dog from hell. I I love I love Quinian Mitchell, man. And he absolutely crushed this this combine. The other one on the other side, I do this as I do this as a favor to you, Jacob. Because you do say so many nice things about me living here in Michigan. Um, and this is not one that surprised me as an Ohio state fan, but Cade Stover um, just had a terrible combine performance. And I, like I said, it doesn't surprise me because everyone before, like in the middle of the season, everyone's like Cade Stover, he's going to be one of the top 10. I'm like, guys, do you know how many, like the tight end position for Ohio state is a mirage. it's it's it is a mirage it it is a bunch it is converted white linebackers they taught how to catch across the middle in in, in a very kind of simple style offense they don't translate well to the nfl and not only do i think he just doesn't translate to the nfl in terms of like being a good tight end like he had a chance to raise his stock because there was the, the tight end group is, is like wide open this year. And he like finished bottom five, bottom two in every drill for the tight ends had a terrible 40 time. I think he had like one of the worst uh, long jumps or something like that. It, it's, it is, it is a, it is Brock Bowers in the tight end group, and then it's 30 feet of crap. <laughs> and then it's everybody else. So, yeah, Cade Stover was an unfortunate one, but not surprising. 
Yeah, the the tight end position you mentioned, like saying it doesn't exist, it's also like one of the easiest positions because it's like everybody's right. so worried about Marvin Harrison and Caleb and, Fleming and, 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 and Buka, Rebecca Buka and yeah, yeah. everybody else. It's All the offense. running backs, yes. Right. So, and then you've got, oh, yeah, by the way, the tight end is wide-ass open. It's, it's, rub- it's the Robert Tunyon effect. Like everyone else is focusing everywhere else. They forget about the, the random white guy running down the middle of the field. There you go. That's interesting. I hadn't seen Stover's numbers yet, but that was one of the last year. I remember when he came back, some people were kind of surprised that he went back to school for a year, um, but apparently didn't help himself on on that yeah. front. So that's interesting. Quinion Mitchell, you're yeah. I mean, that is a guy who's gained some steam, steam here in this process. And I, I if Green Bay is going to trade up for a corner, I, I have a suspicion that would be the one. But, yeah. I mean, we got a long way to go between now and April as to how how that would go uh, as far as a guy who helped or a guy that at least uh, was already on my radar for the Packers, but I think kind of solidified something. Jalen Wright, the running back from Tennessee ran mm-hmm. like the wind. I think the Packers could use an injection of speed in their backfield. He's a pass catcher. He looked good in that gauntlet drill where they run and have him throw passes to him and everything like that. Uh, that's a player that I think could do that. Um, former Wisconsin guy, and I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm going to try and find that, uh, which is great radio here, but it's Isaac <laughs> Garendo. He used to play at Wisconsin, and now he's at Louisville. He was a returner there, but he can also run. Average more than six yards of carry uh, for his entire college career. He ran like the wind this weekend as well. I think the running back position in this class, it's not like top, top end, like you don't have a B. John Robinson or a right. Saquon Barkley or something right. like that in this class. But there's useful players and guys you'll be able to find uh, as this draft goes on. And Green Bay needs at least one and maybe two, kind of depending on how they want to view that position moving forward. But that was definitely uh, a guy that helped that way. Nate Wiggins is an unfortunate – well, I don't want to call him unfortunate. He ran really fast, but from the Packers side of things, he's skinny as a rail. Uh, I think he was 173 pounds. The Packers typically care about – Guys being around like that 190, 192. Get him, in that, get him some Wisconsin food. He'll be all right. I, yeah, I, I'm telling you, he's got to be on that Culver's <laughs> diet for like the next month if, if that's the way that they're going to do things for him. But he ran really fast. He's a good cover guy. It just doesn't seem like that is going to be something that the Green Bay will do or they'd really have to bend the way they've traditionally done things. Another guy uh, that is popular in that way, Ennis Rakestraw from Missouri. That was yeah. another one tested poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pat, you know, and that's kind of the thing with these corners is, and defensive back in general. You know, I get the every year people are like, "Oh, who cares? They're running around in underwear. Can they play football or not?" It's like, well, yes, of course that matters, but there's a requisite level of athleticism required to play defensive back in the NFL, and like, you're just not going to be a good DB if you're a bad athlete. Cameron Kitchens, that's another guy from Miami. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he might have had the worst weekend of anybody. He ran like a four seven. Uh, Christian Watson's dad, whose name I'm not going to butcher uh, because I can't pronounce it, even though I've asked it about a thousand times. But Mr. Watson, uh, which is what we're going to go with for now, at least, he doesn't say anything like overly bad about anybody. And he was like, I was wrong. This dude cannot run. And that's <laughs> man, like for this is where, again, we're talking about free agents. I think this might be a year again where the Packers are like. We're going to sign a free agent, maybe two. And these are the guys who are going to start for us next year. And maybe we draft a dude, but I would not be surprised if we got to like round four again. And then it was just like, oh, they haven't picked the safety. Unless the safety is like Cooper DeGene, who they picked early. Right. Everybody, something like that, maybe. But I don't see, you know, I know I didn't think the safety class was very good to begin with. This weekend didn't really do anything. There's a few guys that are going to jump out, but they're going to be project types uh, for 
for the next year or Which so. I think that goes right back to like uh, the very first conversation we had was it it basically guarantees that you have to go out and spend in free agency on the safety position because there's really not unless you get one of the the top two guys or something there's not a guy you can plug in there and just say like yeah we're gonna run that back as as our safety group this year you know he's gonna be our our top guy like that just doesn't feel right to me speaking of guys and free agents we didn't talk about this but do you want darnell savage back I would take him back for the right price. Can I? That's my way of giving you the goody. What's the, what's the right price? <laughs> like no money? Because my answer <laughs> to that question is like vet minimum. And I like Darnell Savage. I, like, I, yeah, I'm I'm right. Like maybe just a shade above like vet minimum. Like it, it's it's not it's not much. I'm as it, it, Darnell Savage regard like coming back or not you still have to do this like it doesn't he doesn't change your plan i don't know he's, he, he's not a needle mover i would rather have him starting than like rudy ford but what am i really saying like nothing against rudy but, ford but that's like, a career special teamer right like, you know would you like a bologna sandwich over a bread sandwich like what you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great way to put that i i think that with the safety position i think i just want them to take all the guys from last year and let them go and kind of do what they did a couple years ago. When they signed the Smith brothers and drafted Gary, it was all of the, like clay was gone. uh, Nick Perry was gone. They got, they basically got rid of everyone except Kyler Fackrell Mm -hmm. and forced themselves to get better or do something different there. I'd kind of like them to do that at the safety position. If they can't, I just don't know if bringing Darnell, I don't think bringing Darnell Savage back helps you that much with that. And like for everybody saying it's a new scheme and this is one he did better than we're talking about a grand total of about nine games in 2020 where it looked like the light bulb came on and I was as excited and up in arms as anybody for that. But I don't, yeah, I don't want him back. Um, One more guy who helped himself, I guess, when you set the record for the fastest 40 yard dash in NFL combine history, Xavier Worthy, who weighed in at 165 pounds. Maybe that's why he moved so fast because there's nothing to him. But a 421 40 yard dash, it's at least intriguing to think about. One other guy, since we are talking receivers, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, uh, his unofficial RAS score is 997. Uh, He's been compared in the past to Christian Watson. I had a guy who. I'd call him smart. Uh, he's not an executive or anything like that, but he said Christian Watson, if Watson's hamstrings were able to stay healthy, which <laughs> Christian Watson, when he's healthy, is pretty damn good. So, yeah. you know, Brian Thomas would be somebody that if the Packers are taking a receiver in the first round, I think that is, or early at all, I think that's one of the guys that you kind of have to have your eye on if you're Green yeah. Bay. But I, uh, one other thing, I think just across the board, every time I read something about a player from the school, or saw something, it just made me think like I started like writing down two two players from the school. And I'm like, is it just a trend? And it's like, yeah, it's like ev- did every player from Florida State just absolutely crush the combine <laughs> this year? Because like it, it felt like every about Florida State, they're like, they were doing pretty good, but wow, they blew up and they they did they looked at all this stuff. Like uh Braden Fisky, the defensive tackle was the one that really stuck out to me. Um, like everyone's comparing him to like a better Aaron Donald, and and not only that, but again, uh, to to stroke your ego a little bit more, all the Michigan players at the combine mentioning something about not wanting to play Florida State, not you know excited that they didn't they got to avoid 
playing Florida State. And so maybe there is like if you're talking about just draft stock, helping your draft stock, it felt like every player from Florida State did something to help their draft stock, at least if nothing else, get you talking about, oh, did we really give all the Florida State guys like a fair shake? Like maybe I go back and give everybody a second look and they start making their way up the, the draft board a little bit. Yeah, they're really good. Jared Verse is one of the guys I like the most in this class. I don't know if the Packers will take a pass rusher again in the first round, but if he's there, I probably would. Uh, Keon Coleman was a guy that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know his 40 wasn't great, but everything else was top notch. And he's a guy who I think plays faster than maybe that track speed kind of stuff does, anyways. So I, the Packer or Keon Coleman to me might be a guy who, fits perfectly like one of those things where value and all that yep. whatever phrasing you want to look for that marriage at pick 41 like if the packers are going to take a receiver in the second round that might be the guy the board, like the spot. board falls a certain way where you know the top like some of the guys that you were hoping that fall down to you don't and keon coleman just sitting right there right there yeah that could definitely be the one especially depending on what they do in the first part of the draft mm-hmm. but we've got a lot of time to go between now and then. This is just part of that process. I look forward to watching the the wave ride here for the next six weeks or so here before we get uh, a little bit longer than that. But until we get to draft time, which will be April 25th through the 27th. Dan, it's up by you this year, right? It's Detroit this year. Or is that next? Yeah, oh, next year's green. Next year's Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. come on, man. I'm, yes. I'm making. I, I I took I took for for this draft. <laughs> So what I'm understanding is the Kotnik residence is an Airbnb. If you guys are looking mm-hmm. to come up for the draft, uh, he's not cheap. So be sure to pay the man. But I do make doing. breakfast. He does make breakfast. I've never had Kotnik breakfast, but I have had Kotnik cooking, and I would recommend on that front. So uh, we're out of show here. Dan, if people want to find you, follow your work, where can they do that? Yeah, if they want to do any of that or if they want to check out my Airbnb rates, uh, it's on Twitter at DK all the way. And you can find me. I am at Jacob Westerhoff. Just finished. <laughs> I'm so happy the combine started and ended. I did a write up on like of the 300 prospects, take out quarterbacks, kickers, and then like just people that either I haven't watched or got. I think I did about 200 previews between now yeah. and or the combine starting and just prior to <laughs> it. So I've never been more happy for an event to start just to see like what's going on in that way. But yeah, check us out there. Follow the show at Pack Day Podcast. Jimmy will be back next week, presumably. Uh, And we'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening. See you again. in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.